Drive at 5 with Glenn Curry. Sponsored by Herringer's Contracting, the roof people who call you back. This is Live at 5 with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. This is where I'm feeling. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for And uh, you are listening to the Live at Five show. We have an in-studio guest today, uh, and I mentioned this yesterday on uh, uh, Thursday's show. It's Robert Lamro talking about some things about construction and the state of New York and all the trials and tribulations in between. Uh, so uh, this is something right up a lot of people's alleys here because we have uh, actually we have someone running for city council that's in the construction business, and maybe uh, maybe he can chime in and talk about this as well. But if not, we can all relate to it because red tape seems to be catching up to us in so so many ways, particularly in your business. And with us for the very first time is Robert Lamro. And uh, Rob, first of all, uh, welcome to the Live at Five show. Your first appearance here. Step up to the microphone. Hi, Glenn. How are you today? Good, 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 good. Now, I know you're a lot more outspoken than that tone of voice uh, and whatnot, <laughs> uh, but I've known you now for at least, what, four years now from across town. Uh, you run a couple of businesses that uh, d- does very well. Yeah, uh, we, own, we own several businesses here in the community. Yeah, and uh, you, you uh, incredible past, because you, you, you covered a lot of things with Jim and I just prior to this. I did not know this. You were in corrections for a while? Yes, I was. And But uh, even during that time, you were in construction, in construction business. I was. I was doing both. I was you, working construction. Cr- Construction and doing. How did you do that? How did you do both at the same time? Well, the the nice part about the New York State Department of Corrections is we we actually can uh, do swaps, which allows for a lot of time off. And we would work doubles, 16 hour shifts, Mm -hmm. which allowed for four, basically four days of work a week at the Department of Corrections. Mm -hmm. And then we had eight days off. So during that eight day period of time, we could construction whatever we wanted as long as we didn't get called in for some unforeseen circumstance did you did you have construction uh background in your in your you know in your history at growing up with your dad or how did you get into that yeah my grandfather owned a construction business and my father owned a construction business and he worked for jimmy vespa back in the day doing excavating and trucking and hauling for him so you were familiar with it oh yeah yeah so you build houses we do yes you tear them down Sometimes. And uh, you do all facets. You know, I, I went to your house some time ago. You're actually building a pond in your backyard. I don't know how many people can say they did that, but you did. And you say you have six businesses, two of which uh, that I know of under two different umbrellas. That's the manufacturing houses. That's NNY Homes. The, yes. And, and Value Homes. Yes, that's correct. And uh, how's that going? 
Uh, going pretty well, actually. I mean, we're in a little bit of a downturn with the economy right now because of rising interest rates. Right, but right. Still, things are going fairly well, considering. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. All right. So the other day you called up, and I'm glad you did because I've kind I've kind of turned into like the John Stossel of Northern New York. That's a <laughs> New York guy, uh, kind of like a consumer advocate. You're upset because you were, from what you've been saying, you went out uh, went around uh, this particular building up in Governor, just like any other building. It had been damaged by fire. It was built in 1994. Uh, but somehow or other, some code enforcement guy said, nope, you didn't do it right. Explain the rest. Well, Rob. actually what happened is we went to code enforcement and we pulled our permit. Mm-hmm. There's a process for demolishing buildings and how you pull your permits. And part of this process is uh, an asbestos abatement survey. Mm-hmm. And hence, this is where the problem came. We got our legal permit. An asbestos abatement survey was not required by code enforcement mm-hmm. because of the newness of the structure. There was no known asbestos-related materials in there because it's a it's a new building. Right. So, anyways, we're in the middle of demolishing the building, and you know, which is just everyday stuff. We mm-hmm. do this all the time. Uh, we got stopped by New York State DC. One of the officers was driving by, just happened to see us demolishing the building. Mm-hmm. He stopped and asked us, you know, where our permit was, which is normal. You know, we expect all this stuff. Uh, they usually look around the site, make sure there's no contaminants, chemicals. We're not, you know, emptying oil drums into the ground or anything crazy right. like that. Right, right. And uh, part of the process, he says, well, you know, did you have your asbestos abatement survey done? Mm-hmm. I explained to him, I go, no, that's not required in this circumstance. This is a fire burned out house. Mm-hmm. It's a 1994, it's a known structure, mm-hmm. you know, according to, uh, the asbestos planning and design part mm-hmm. under code rule 56.5.1 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. part B, mm-hmm. there are exceptions to the rule, mm-hmm. which basically says that, you know, here are the exclusions that you do not have to have the survey if you fit under these exclusions. Mm-hmm. And one of them is age of the structure. If the structure is built after January 1st, 1974, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to have an asbestos survey because it doesn't have any known asbestos-related material in it. Right. If it's prior to 1974, that's a different animal. Mm-hmm. Then you have to have your asbestos survey done, mm-hmm. you have to have it cleared, or you have to be an asbestos abatement contractor. Mm. Okay. Well, needless to say, we did not have an asbestos survey done because we were following you know, New York State code guidelines, right. and weren't, it wasn't required. Right. So he subsequently says, give me a minute. Mm-hmm. Goes back to his car. A little while later, he comes back. He says, no. He says, I just called my expert at the Department of Labor. Right. And Miss Elizabeth Kirkland, she says that, no, it's required under all demolition. Hmm. So now what I've got is a difference of opinion. Right, sure. I've got the Department of Labor directing our local DEC officer to basically do stop work orders and issue tickets based upon the premise that this asbestos abatement survey needs to be done prior to any demolition, but yet we've got New York State code enforcement and you know under officers through the county, through the town, through the village, right. issuing permits following the same code rule, 56.5, mm-hmm. and we think they're correct, and the Department of Labor thinks they're correct, and who's right and who's wrong? I mean, I didn't get any tickets in this circumstance because we were 90% done, and he said, well... Well, I'm going to let you finish this one, obviously, because you know you're almost completed. Right. He says, but any you do in the future, he says, we'll be issuing stop work orders and we'll be issuing tickets. Hmm. Well, I says, in the meantime, I'm going to try to get to the bottom of this and find right. out right. who's actually right. Right, right, right. So, but um, how much would it, a, a ticket cost? What would uh, obviously a ticket means a fine? How much would that be? I could only guess, but I'm assuming it's more than a thousand dollars. Yeah, and you do this a lot. I mean, uh, so this surprised you, but is, is something like this? Have you encountered this before? No, this is never. This is not the first time that 
well, this is the first time we've ever had this problem, right. but we've had this discussion before with mm-hmm. code enforcement right. and the Department of Labor, mm-hmm. and code enforcement actually fought the battle with the Department of Labor at that point in time. Right. But now this has escalated to a point where multiple state agencies are involved, and really it, it needs to go to a higher power to have a determination done. And that's when you went to uh, uh, the, your local assemblyman. Yes, I did. And how did that go? Um, not as I had hoped. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was anticipating that our local assemblyman's office would you know, be the first step in rectifying this because this is a governmental issue. Right. I could see if I got a ticket. If mm-hmm. I had a ticket, I would be re- my responsibility to fight this ticket. I'd have to go to court. Right. But no tickets were issued. So what I was trying to do was cut it off at the pass, so mm, to speak, yeah, sure. before someone else or myself on the next demolition job actually got in trouble and got tickets. Mm-hmm. So I had hoped that you know our local assemblyman would step in and rectify the discrepancy between these two state agencies. Right. I mean, it was my understanding that that's, that's kind of what state assemblymen do. Sure, sure. It's kind of their job. It's part of the legislative portion of our government. Right, right. Because, as you said, and you say it right now, that you know you have two divisions of government, you know, not quarreling, but discussing it amongst themselves. You're the guy left in the middle here. You're doing your job. 90% of this building was taken down. This guy approaches you, and sounds like a... A hollow threat. Well, next time it's not going to be that easy. Did you look at it that way, Rob, at all? or you know? Well, that's not uncommon when you're dealing with any form of law enforcement. Right, you know, right. Sometimes they give you a free pass. Sometimes they say, well, I'm just going to issue a ticket. Right. And that's, that's basically what their job is, to issue tickets based upon their knowledge. Sure. And then it's up to you to fight the legalities of it in court. Well, I don't want to have to fight that fight right. after the tickets are issued. I kind of want this problem rectified sure. so that we understand the correct process and how you demolish these houses and which of these two state agencies are actually correct. So they're, they're, they're not as, I guess, up to snuff on their own rulings. Is Am I reading it that right? Well, I think it's an interpretation of yeah. the same code rules. Right, what it right. Is. And honestly, some parts are kind of complex. Other por- portions of it are Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I actually brought the portion with me that pertains to that. Right. And, I mean, I can read it. It's pretty understandable. Yeah. I mean, code enforcement read it. They said it's pretty clear to us. Right, right. But this person at the Department of Labor seems to have a difference of opinion. Right. Unfortunately, she is the expert that our DEC officer is using. Right, so right, right. So this right. creates a problem for people like me and any other contractor who wants to demolish a building right. anywhere in New York State. And then the answer you got from our local assemblyman's office, not from him in, in, uh, exactly, but they told you to lawyer up. Yeah, that was very disappointing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I subsequently sent him an email telling him that I was very unimpressed because you're telling me to basically take the financial burden right. upon myself mm-hmm. for correcting a problem in government. Right. Well, that's not why should I have to pay for this? Right, exactly. I mean, really, this is a governmental issue. We have two branches of the government, mm-hmm. Department of Labor mm-hmm. and New York State Code Enforcement, mm-hmm. having a difference of opinion on who's right in reading one single law right. that's created by the state. Well, why should I have to pay a lawyer mm-hmm. to correct this? Right. This is your job as an assemblyman. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of disappointed in the fact that you're not willing to jump on board and you know find a determination in who's right and who's wrong here. Uh, did you get an answer from that email? Uh, no, the only answer I got was hire a lawyer. Well, just hire lawyers. But you have you done that? Just curious. Uh, no, at this point in time, I have not. I mean, mm-hmm. I I'm still trying different avenues. Right. Um, I've went a little farther up the food chain. Um, I've since contacted Walzik's office. Yeah, he, the state he, he was very very receptive, and mm-hmm. his people were actually quite. 
helpful, and they they did agree with me that yes, this is what we do. This is our job, yeah. and we will look into this and see if we can get this rectified. So you might be, you know, not only clearing things up for yourself and your future endeavors with such a project when it comes to asbestos abatement rules, regulations, nineteen seventy four, nineteen ninety, whatever. Uh, you might get it solved for everyone else, Rob. Well, that is the idea. I mean, that's the ultimate goal is so that no one gets put in this position. Right. I mean, myself, obviously, first and foremost, that's right. why I'm leading the charge. Mm-hmm. But anyone who does any form of demolition and thinks they're right and go gets a permit through code enforcement sure. and find out in a big hurry that the DEC might not agree with that. Right, right. And is, is a, you know, this whole thing about uh, asbestos, abatement, the removal, do you encounter this all the time? Yeah, we deal with this on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's asbestos itself, we very rarely deal with in structures anymore. I mean, right. they haven't manu- manufactured asbestos for 50 years. Mm. So the odds of asbestos-related materials being in a present-day building are just about zero. Mm-hmm. Structures built before 1974, yeah, it's quite prevalent. That's why they have the testing. And typically, the, I mean, I have an old house built way before 1974, and it's all the piping downstairs has that kind of white wrap. And I noticed the previous owner put a lot of duct tape over it. That probably means there's a lot of asbestos down Well, there. It, it could potentially be, yes. I mean, yeah. that could be fiable asbestos, which is obviously what all the hype is about. That's mm-hmm. what causes mesothelioma. Mm-hmm. But the bulk of the asbestos in you know construction materials are is not fiable. It's non-fiable, which means if you're not grinding it, smashing it, breaking it, it's not harmful to you. Right. You know, it's like floor tiles, a good example. Floor tiles, yeah, right, right. Because this whole place is filled with them. This was built in the early 60s. Asbestos is was a good, I guess... Retardant against against fire. Why it was a good insulator. What what did they use asbestos for back in the day, Rob? It was my understanding it was an insulation material and also a fire retardant. Right, right. But the exact chemical compound couldn't tell you much about that. Yeah, and I, I know they used it in World War II, and just like so many other things, we were reckless. You know, we were putting dangerous chemicals. We just weren't thinking. So to a degree, the Department of 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 Health, whichever the people that you're dealing with, who are they? The people that Department of Labor, Depart- Department of Labor. And for that matter, OSHA over the years, they might be pains in the asses, especially at the job sites and whatnot, not to mention the Joe Stanleys of the world. But they're there for a purpose to make sure that, that employees are safe. Your employees are safe. They were very safe up there up there in Governor when you were tearing down this, this building from 1994. So is this a waste of time for them to approach you to begin with, or is this just another day in, in the life of... Of this particular person. It was a waste of my time. Yeah, That's yeah, right. for certain. Right. Um, I've got a lot of time and effort involved in this trying to rectify this issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally think he could have just simply agreed with code enforcement, said, okay, you did your due diligence, right. have a nice day. Right. But instead, he decided to go a different avenue, mm-hmm. use his expert at the Department of Labor, who mm-hmm. unfortunately had a contradictory opinion on how this law is read. And that's what it's all about. It's all on how this law is, is read. Could that work against you at the end of the day when someone's, you know, you're kind of go- going up upstairs on someone or, you know, I, I look at it that way but maybe you know you, you're the type of guy rob you're going to do what you want to do because i know rob and you know whenever something gets in its way you take care of it but sometimes there's ramifications behind that well anytime you ruffle feathers there's always ramifications yeah, exactly <laughs> uh, so you've lived here all your life yes i have and uh you, are you married to vicky i am you yes. are okay and uh you guys you guys have a, t- a great time because you're a hunter you're a big hunter well i, I love to hunt yes yeah because i only know this because we're on facebook and you go out west to the wyoming montana or? yeah i used to go out to colorado i've been to africa 
I'm going back to Africa on another hunt here this this winter. Really? So mm-hmm. Africa is the real. So you go out there and and you shoot the real game. Yeah, I try to keep buffalo, and I'm hoping to shoot some other animals, some of the big five. What What is it about Africa? Is Is it just is it, when you breathe the air? Is it any different than it is here? Is it a completely different place, Rob? Well, it's it's like any other foreign country. Everything's totally different, so it's new and exciting. Yeah, right, right, right. <clears throat> but as far as Quality of life, not really a lot different than it is here. I mean, we were in South Africa. South Africa is beautiful. I mean, there are some really nice areas. Mm-hmm. Of course, just like in the United States, there's some not so really nice oh, areas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, they have their own problems. So if you have a, a – a, a, I brought this up early because our one of the people running for city council, I can mention his name. His name is Ben Schoen. He talks about rules, regulations, city code and whatnot, how to build a curb, why are we building curbs over the frost line, why can't we do it right so we don't have to do it for another 30, 40 years. These are the things I'm so impressed with someone like yourself. You, by the way, not you, but one of your workers put in a water heater at my house like four years ago. It had gone down. And I, I know that's trivial to you, but I just, you know, that's why men are so important. They said, oh, we can live a life without men. We can't live a life without the Rob Lamros of the world or we freeze to death. That's what it comes down to. But at the same time, keep, you know, let them do what they're going to do. You're not breaking the law. You're, you're, you're not, you know, you're not that egregious when it comes to the law, biting and blah, blah, blah. But it seems like the common person, hardworking guy like yourself, stumbles over state issues like this from time to time. There are times, yes, where state government does make it very difficult to perform your duties and your job as a contractor. Yeah, yeah, and that's frustrating. Well, Needless yeah, to say. I mean, it's rules and regulations. I mean, in, insurances are a big part of it, too. Right. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you got to pay for insurance. I mean, yeah, to right. Do a, to a legal, legal law-abiding business, you know, with workers' comp and general liability and do everything above board, I mean, our insurances are hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's a lot of money for just, just what is it, just liability insurance? Is that what you're bu- buying into? On a- um, you get liability and workers' compensation. And workers' compensation is always the biggest standpoint with contractors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's super, super, super expensive. Yeah. <laughs> because it's very categorized based upon what you do, which which kind of work you perform. Like <laughs> the highest rate is roofing. I mean, right. roofing is without question, the most expensive form of workers' compensation. Because it's the most dangerous. Uh, yeah, it is very dangerous. Right, very dangerous, and you're, you're higher above the ground, and uh, you're out in the hot sun, someone slips, one employee breaks his ankle. That could cost you. It could, potentially, yeah. yes. So did you ever think about moving to the Carolinas? <laughs> I thought about moving out of the country <laughs> a couple of times. Go to Africa, build some buildings out there. Well, you know, we're, money's worth a lot more in Africa. <laughs> yeah, no, it certainly is, and they need uh, builders, I'm sure, and engineers out there, that's that's for certain. 755-1240 is the number uh, if you have a question for Rob Lamro. Uh, and again, I know you throw the businesses. If you don't mind, can you? are all your other businesses that you own, are they... Related to the construction business, homing, housing business? Um, yeah, pretty much is everything's a part of housing. I mean, we own rental houses. We own a transportation company that moves our manufactured houses. Mm-hmm. We own the two manufactured housing dealerships. Yeah. We also own a mobile home community. Nice. So everything is related to manufactured housing that we do. I was driving along with Jim Levin yesterday about and he saw a bunch of solar farms. Are you interested because of all the land that you own? Would you ever, <laughs> would you ever, you know, no? You laugh at that, huh? No. No, no that solar farms are a joke. G- Jim is like, oh, we got so much property out here. We might as well turn it into a solar farm. I said, yeah. boy, can't wait, to, can't wait till the city finds out about that. <laughs> they have a phone call. Put their headsets on. Tell me, if, tell me if you hear me first. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. So we have a phone. Hi, do you have a question for Robert Lamro? Hey, Glenn. What's happening? Uh, he's 100% right about that building he was taking down. You know who I... Uh, yeah, this is the ordinance guy. This guy yeah. did this for a living in, in the city of Watertown. Uh, no, he 
he did not. He was perfectly fine. He got his permits. He did everything that he was supposed to do. And he should have been left alone. State of New York, back when I first started in code enforcement, we could do a, a, a asbestos abatement uh, letter. Right. All you had to do was sign it saying that you are going to take care of it properly. And away you went. Then about four years, five years ago, the state of New York came through and they made it so tough that you had to have all this stuff tested and you had to prove on when that place was built. Ridiculous. Prove it was 1994? Yes, it was a 94 hard house. Right. And, and then the question, wrote, the question was, though, Rob, that, uh, that maybe they used some materials that were built prior to 1974. How often does that happen? In a manufactured HUD's house, just about zero. Yeah, yeah. Because they have to follow exactly. federal guidelines. No, you're not going to have 20 years of uh, uh, roofing material sitting for 20 years. Right. And then put it on a house. That is just ridiculous. I totally agree with I you. think that was part of their argument, though, was it not? That was part of the argument. That's what the DEC officer said to me. He says, well, you could have had some materials sitting around that you used in this building from just 25 years ago. I'm like, no, really? It deteriorated <laughs> to the point where you couldn't even you couldn't even put a nail through it without it coming all apart. Well, They're you're grasping. Using, you're yeah. using common sense. Come right. <laughs> and this guy's well, an ordinance guy. You know, that's what I tried to do as a code enforcement officer. Some people thought I was a pinhead, but other people thought, you know, at least you have common sense and you're willing to listen. Right, right. And you weren't on the take. No, I was kidding. <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding no, you. I, I don't do the backhand. Uh, no, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Just a little levity here on a Friday afternoon, that's all. No, well, that's... He's 100% right. He should not have had all these problems. No, that's awesome. Well, there I you go. Chime in on that. I appreciate it, Ordinance Guy. You have a good weekend, and thanks for the call the other day. Th- appreciate it. Thank you. Right. Yeah, good stuff. Hi, right, you have a question for Robert Lamoureux. Yes. Um, this is your non-lawyer friend. Yes. Um, I, I had a corporation from November of uh, 72 to April of 85. Not much has changed from the state of New York or the regulatory agencies. I'd often say you could have 15 uh, regulations, and you could be in complete compliance with 14 of them, and the, uh, the 15th person would walk in, and 50% of the time, you're out of, you're out of uh, compliance. This happened uh, two or three years ago in Syracuse. They were talking about some some sort of plumbing or something. What I think it was the labor and the um, the two agencies you were talking about. They were in, 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 out of Dr. County, so not much has changed. They're not there to help you. They're there to find you, and yeah. they've got to justify their jobs. Right, and, a good point. That's how it is. So, uh, and you're probably a rich, greedy businessman. That's and he probably, you know, he probably made enough money this morning to go to, to Hawaii six times. And, uh, <laughs> I wish that was true. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's how it is. It's unfortunate that, uh, that but 50 years ago, was the same, or 40, 50 years ago, was the same way. Wow. So, I mean, uh, not, not much has changed. I guess and not. The politicians, they, they tell how much they care about us, and they've worked hard for us. And I'm glad to hear that uh, Mr. Uh, Lambro. Um, no, Lambert, but the, the, our uh, senator. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Mark Walzik, yeah. The pit bull. Mark Walzik. What, what does he call himself? The pit bull. No, no. What does he call? What did he call himself in his campaign? Was he a pit bull or just a, a watchdog? A watchdog. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, watchdog. But he doesn't but, have backbone um, like uh, like Jason Trina. Go ahead, sorry. New York State is tough, and 
uh, I commend you for being in business, and um, I, I, I wish you the very best because it, it is is tough. It, it's you know people don't realize um, what's going on. Yeah, I agree. And, um, so I, I suppose everybody is either on welfare or uh, they just print money. We don't won't have had businesses. Yeah, right. That's what. Yeah, that's the money grab, in my opinion. But thank you, my friend, yeah. my lo- non lawyer friend. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hi, you have a question for Robert Lamro. Yes, Mr. Lamro, did you have a relative that went to Watertown High? Um, I went to Watertown High. Okay, uh, I went with I went to school in '65 with a Lamro, Bob Lamro. That would be my father. That was your father. Wow. We were good friends all through school and after going out and all that stuff. Um, didn't where did he have his house? Was that up on Dry Hill? Yeah, he's up on the Zorro Road. Yep, that's it. So, Is your father still alive? I let you know. I knew your dad, and uh, we were pretty good friends through most of the time. Awesome. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Okay. Thank you, my friend. Awesome. So your dad's alive? He is, yes. How is he in his 80s, I guess? No, I think he's in his late 70s. Is he really? A young guy. And went to Watertown High School in mm-hmm. his 70s. God bless him. All right, let's do a break. You want to, you're want you st- sticking around, right? Yeah, Robin Lamoureux here, uh, here uh, on the Live and Fight Show for the first time ever. Talking about a lot of stuff today, not just uh, his... Uh, Grievance with the state, and hopefully this will be resolved thanks to uh, the watchdog himself, Mark Walzik, and other people. But it's good to learn about this. We'll be back right after this. Roof looking older than you are, and see them on Facebook. All right, we're back. J- Jim is uh, Jim Levin stepped in and stepped out, which is very rare, Rob. Normally, when he's in the studio, he doesn't leave. <laughs> you must have scared him or something, rather. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're talking to Robert Lamoureux here, uh, businessman, contractor. Concerned with what's going on uh, with the state of New York, and we've got at least three, four phone calls earlier. Uh, one of which knew your dad. Your dad's still alive. Yes, does he, he still live on Dry Hill? He does. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you lived here all your life. Uh, I just got to ask because you're a conservative guy. You're, uh, is that correct? Yes, I lean that direction. Yeah, you definitely lean in that direction. <laughs> uh, you know, this show is conservative, just like the rest of the station and whatnot. You know, for the most part, that uh, uh, the, the city of Watertown is pretty much conservative. It's changed. We have progressives running city hall right now. Uh, but for the most part, we're still conservative. Uh, what say you about Donald Trump and his chances? I got to ask you. <laughs> well, I was told by a good source. Yeah, and, and we'll we'll leave it as to a psychic source. Not this is an incredible I, not, story. Not that I not that I was visiting, yeah. but one of our, our local psychics while I was talking to him yeah. explained to me that Donald Trump is he's going to win the election. He's going to make it somewhere between his second and third year of his term, and he's going to pass away. Of a heart attack. Yep, of a heart attack from eating too much McDonald's. Isn't that something? Just like Bill Clinton. So this was a, a, a lo- oh, it was a local psychic. Yes. And yes. A, and a good reputation. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if, if there is such a thing. Psychics are good and bad. Sometimes they're used by government officials to find missing bodies and whatnot. <laughs> but does this person have a good standing in that environment? As far as I know, he does. But I personally don't partake in that stuff. I just happen to get some free information. Isn't that something? <laughs> so he says he's going to win then. Yeah, that's what he said. And but yeah, but do you think it might be a case of uh, you know, you know, uh, killing one of the Caesars by? Do po- you think it might be poison instead of McDonald's? <laughs> Boy, I don't know. <laughs> Anything's possible. I know he's not very well liked by some people. But but you like him. 
I do. Yeah, I have no issue with Trump. I mean, he's gotten a little off off the deep end lately. Sometimes some of the stuff he says, but he has he has our best interest at heart. He de- he definitely does. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I call him the the Mo Green of politicians, and Mo Green one one of my favorite characters from The Godfather. You know, he dies, gets shot in the eye. Later on, Hyman Roth says uh, he was my friend. But he says stupid things. We have to admit, Donald Trump says stupid things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Most politicians do. Right. Just some of them are really more polished at it than others. And he's not a politician. And he, you know, he said dumb things, like ignorant things. He didn't know, for instance, that the, the country of England had a, a nuclear arsenal. And he should have known that. At least you know, he should have asked. Some of his aides should have told him. But those are the things that, you know, it, he never ran for office in his entire life. He was unprecedented. Just like, you know, Eisenhower as a general, he never had political experience either, but he was a pretty darn good good president. Well, tr- Trump had no uh, no experience of this, obviously. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he has no filter, which None. is, you know, that's part of being in business. Most businessmen don't have a filter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had no pre-training. I mean, most of our politicians nowadays have... 10, 20, 30, 40 years of political speaking experience right, right. to know what to say and what not to say, mm-hmm. and they still say dumb shit. <laughs> like, like, exactly. We got away. Uh, like Biden. Biden yeah. says some dumb stuff. Um, do you think, I mean, this is a loaded question, but do you think that, uh, you know, legacy media and for that matter, big tech media these days, you know, the Twitters of the world, you think they just they don't want to disclose all the negative sides of the current administration? Well, that I really couldn't tell you for sure, but it sure does look that way. Yeah, because recently, you know, they, there was allegations that uh, Joe Biden took a bribe from Burisma, some company, country, you know, uh, with regards, of course, to Ukraine when he was vice president. There's redacted stuff, and yet other guys like Howard Kurtz from from Fox News says there's no real evidence of this. This story might not be true. So you you got to look at both sides. But let's let's admit it. It's painfully obvious that you know if, if if Trump tied his shoes wrong, that would be the big story of the day. Oh yeah, he's definitely in the hot seat. Doesn't matter what he does, they're scared to death of him. So a lot of stuff we're talking about, you know, recently in this show is that this is Pride Month, and uh, there was a video. And again, I wish I could share it with people. There's something on Facebook right now. Uh, one of the, my you know devout listeners uh, uh, shared it with me today. We have a guy that called in. I don't know. It was yesterday or the day before, and he's no longer talking to his gay brother because of his position on this whole, like, you know, kids learning at an early age and trans this, trans that. And he says, wow, geez, I think there's a place for that. I, but yet it's a, it's causing a rift in his family. And, um, you know, this this whole thread today uh, that I read was, was, was really alarming, to say the least. Um, do, uh, do you have family members and friends that you've been divided over of political issues uh, as of late? Um, we divide over some political issues, but at the end of the day, we're still family members. How many, you know? how many brothers and sisters do you have? Um, I have a couple of sisters. Okay. Um, I don't have any brothers at all, but we have, you know, cousins and other close relatives. And some of us see things eye to eye and some of us don't, but we don't let that get in the way of us still being family members. Right. No, that's good, which is great, which is very admirable. But you do know that a lot of people are not talking to one another these days because of these these issues. Well, that's unfortunate. It really is. And I, I you know, I was talking to Oz next door a couple of days ago about how the late night guys, you know, the uh, Steve Colbert's, uh, the Fallons and the Kimmels, they walk into a room and say, you know, the room could have 100 people. It says, we don't want, we just want half of you. We want to relate to half of you. The other, other, other half of you can go jump in a lake. We don't care about you, and the other half being you and I. We're not going to watch woke stuff after eleven thirty. It's just not part of our nature. But they're just going to exclude us right away. And and not only are we going to remove half the room and vilify you, we're going to share the remaining fifty percent with with our three separate shows at the same time. That's just bad business. Don't you look at it that way as a businessman? 
You, you yeah, want to appeal to all the masses. Yeah, we, we try to, you know, we try to provide a product for everybody. Right. Instead of just singling out a select group. Right. Obviously, you know, it's, it's you know, business suicide to just pick on one small entity, which, and it's the same thing in politics. I mean, why would you single out any one agency or any one person or right. persuasion to either exonerate or, um, what word be I'm looking for, uh, Condone, yeah, yeah, or, or yeah, or yeah, right. Do you think? Do you feel you've been targeted? Um, no, me personally, no. I've, right, right. I've right. never been targeted other than maybe by some law enforcement agencies. Yeah, really? Okay. <laughs> well, that's interesting. We'll have to share that on <laughs> not, another not show. Not that kind of target. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a call. Grab the headsets. This might be a political, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, response. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn. Great guest today. I uh, enjoy enjoy the conversation. It's lefty. I, I just thought I, I'd put the, kind of something in here to get his opinion, and uh, I'm sure it's something that he covered. And, and just to kind of explain for for Danny, who called in yesterday and just wanted to find out where where the you know announcement was that the Wuhan labs right. scientists have uh, now found round zero, uh, where the three scientists were that were first to have the COVID before anyone else. It's just come out now. Right. But I sent you over a couple links through your Facebook, and I think I found Danny on Facebook. But he doesn't have a thing where you can add as a friend. But I sent a message anyway, but he might not see that. But if you look, that was me. Okay. So he'd know. But wanted to see what your guests thought of this, too. But the, the title, like under NBC, I sent you over. You can just look in your Facebook messenger. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, you know, the U.S. Intel report identifies three Wuhan lab workers who fell ill in 2019. That they are you know, now known as the very first people to have had this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's under, as well, under the like, New York Post, same thing, Wuhan lab research coronavirus were the first to contact it you know this is where it started this was ground zero there's you know so there's there's no bat there's nothing else just wanted to kind of get your guest opinion on that even though it's more of a national thing but sure. i think it'd be right up his alley and, I, and i'll listen thanks for having on good guests glenn awesome well thank you very much we aim to please so uh yeah they discovered that uh, well you know this was the latest finding that in fact three scientists in the wuhan lab in wuhan china um were, were were exposed to covid and and they had they had reports earlier that they were sloppy they weren't taking care of business they didn't leave the door closed whatever the deal was but they knew about these three and the big thing about this rob is that if they had known they could have they could have contained it and they could have understood the virus much better as opposed to all the enigmas that came out later um it, it, do you think that at this point guys like anthony fauci just you know didn't want to admit to it because it would it would uncover him and you also think that hey let's let this happen let's let the world capsize so we can get rid of donald trump you ever think of it that way mm, i don't know if it's about trump or not but i think this may have been in the makes for a long time you think so um well okay let's look at it like this yeah. how many doses of covid19 has been administered world- worldwide uh you mean the vaccination yeah uh i have no idea well, let's just say our let's just go with an easy figure. Yeah, population's four billion. Right, right, right. Everybody gets a minimum of two. Right, right. That's eight billion doses. Exactly. Okay. Right. Now think about this. Mm-hmm. If you are manufacturing a vaccine, fast mm-hmm. math. Right. All right. And if let's say you can manufacture, we'll give it ten doses per second. Mm-hmm. Big number. That's ten a, doses per second. Right, right. All right. Huge. You got two or three manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Ten doses per second. Mm-hmm. Do the time it takes, mm-hmm. 60 seconds in a minute, right. 60 minutes an hour, right. 24 hours in a day, mm-hmm. 365 days in a year. Mm-hmm. That's 31 million doses in a year could be produced times 10, 310 million. Wow. How many years has this been out? Two and a half. Two and a half years. How do you, how do you get six, 
eight billion doses. I, I don't know. So yeah. So well, simple math. It's true because you 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 said you were in Africa. I don't think they even had the vaccination in Africa, and the, and their their cases of COVID and COVID deaths were a lot lower than the rest of the world. Because they didn't care. Yeah, just, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, and I also hear that they they take different things to you know to, because there's there's things floating around and you know you can you can die from a TT fly in Africa. There's so many things that can kill you there, so that maybe they're, they're exposed to uh, much more than what we are. But we lost pound for pound, we lost more people. Ten million people died from COVID, and we lost over a million people right here in the United States. So that's that in itself, in terms of population, that's disproportionate. But I I I you know one day we'll find out, or maybe we won't, because there's a lot of things that we should be know we should know right now about biden and his son and his brother but none of that stuff's going to come out it just seems like are we in a police state right now are we run by a let me just explain the other day a producer went out of the way for fox news he had worked there for at least eight years capable guy and he decided on the bottom they, they refer to it as a chiron that's an old 80s term the words in the bottom and it said and it had an image of of uh of uh president joe biden on the screen it says wannabe pre- dictator that got him fired. That 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 statement right there got him fired. And he, you know, he was kidding around. He shouldn't have done it. But that's the that's that's where we are. That's Fox News doing that stuff. Well, I mean, I understand it's Fox News, but they're also a business, and they, as a business owner, have a right to dictate on how their employees act. And right. If it does not conform to what they feel, then unfortunately, you're subsequent to being fired. But it's funny because it brings up some elements to the current administration. Is I mean, you know what? Maybe they are a dictatorship at this point. Well, there's no, there's no, so you have to be a genius to figure out there's a lot of political corrup- corruption out there oh in my country, God. especially on the, you know, the federal level. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Democrats, mm-hmm. Republicans, they're all on it. The, I believe so. I think, uh, you know, Mitt Romney, hopefully he'll get voted out in a couple of years. Uh, there's others. Uh, we don't have to deal with Paul Ryan anymore. But uh, there's a lot of people, including Mitch McConnell, that weren't happy with Donald Trump being president. But if you just missed it, our, our guest today, Robert Lamro. Uh, has has consulted with. A, have you sat down with this psychic, by the way, or did he just give you this free advice? For <laughs> no, nothing? it was just free advice. We didn't sit down with him. How did that come up in conversation? To say, hey, by the way, do you want to you know about the circumstances? <laughs> Interesting. We we're just in the right place at the right time, and we we're did, talking. Did he tell you anything else? Uh, no, that's. I just I didn't want to get too in depth into that. I just, ha- have you ever been to a psychic before? No. It seems like you're interested in that. Well, I didn't really go to a psychic. He just that happened to come up in conversation. What? What? You meet him at Coleman's or something? Oh, and he's no. Uh, I was out in public. Okay, and we got talking, and didn't. You know. But I think you said earlier that you have a session with with this person. You got to sit down with him again. <laughs> no, oh, okay. No, All right, no, I misinterpreted. No, no, Sorry. No, 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 no. no there's a lot of people just into out that talking. When he turns out, he's a psychic in the community, and right. he has a business here. So you heard it here first. Donald Trump wins in 2024. I owe somebody money somewhere because I bet the other day it wasn't going to happen. I think it was fifty dollars. The lefty, the guy who just called us. So that 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 there goes fifty dollars right there. But into his term, by the third or fourth year, yeah. he eats too much McDonald's and he dies second, of a heart attack. Somewhere between second and third. Second year. and third year. Yeah, too much McDonald's dies of a heart attack. Folks, we're going to see that as a headline in News Chunk. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Donald Trump eats way too much McDonald's, and it's going to show by the year. Do the math. 2020, 2027, 2028? Well, at least it'll be president. It'll be president in his 80s. God we'll bless. get three good years anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and then who takes over? Who's go- well, did the psychic tell you who's going to be his vice president? No, I wasn't really trying to get much more information out of him. <laughs> do you know who a lot of people are saying it's going to be? Who do you think? The Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. Well, that is a possibility. She's definitely been a big supporter of him. Yeah, and she was on Fox News today. Should we call the congresswoman right now about this revelation? that she for all, Practically from her district. Well, I mean, she becomes president. She becomes president. 
She might like it. See, that'd be great. We, we turn it, it would turn into like a you know like a Stephen King movie or something. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that liberal. We don't want to bring him into the conversation. I got to do a break. We're talking with uh, Robert Lamro here on a Friday here on the Live at Five show. Let's do this, and we'll be back right after this. Uh, my name is Jason Trainer. I'm running for city council. Paid for by Cliff Lashway. Uh, with uh, Robert Lamar, who in the commercial break, we were just talking about, you know, you, you got to be careful as a businessman about your politics. But, um, you know, you got guys like LeBron James, who obviously wears his politics out in his sleeve and so forth, which is very annoying. Uh, but that said, you got, you know, the, the famous legendary Michael Jordan who said, you know, why don't you get into politics? Why don't you take a stand on things going on? This was back in the day. It was a lot different. But uh, Michael Jordan said something that was very prolific. He said, uh, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too. And that's what I was saying earlier. Why why cut the audience in half and then cut that up amongst yourselves at late night TV? That's just bad business. Well, it doesn't make any sense. That's the beauty of our country. You know, I mean, our yep. country's designed around everybody can have an opinion. Yeah. And in, in theory, nobody's really wrong. Right. You know, we, you have your ideology. I have my ideology. Yeah, at the sure. end of the day, we're all the same people. We're right. all here together. But, but there's a lot of contentious, you know, I mean, just like I mentioned earlier about that one particular case of this guy who's, you know, Whose brother, his own brother, is is ostracized him because of his beliefs. That's just I don't want to say craziness, but craziness. I mean, why would you why would you ruin your family over? I I, uh, I think a lot of it is mob mentality. I look. I mean, first of all, one of the things that he brought up, and he he was talking candidly about this. I don't know this gentleman personally and whatnot, but he he shared his story with us, and he said his his brother, who's homosexual, he said is that you're endangering my life with your rhetoric, with what you're saying, and I hear that a lot. I hear that what you're saying could damage me. It could put me in danger. You know, I, I don't know. It's a violent world out there, but I haven't heard any cases of someone going. Now, the, the the press made a big, big deal today about the truck driver that went into a synagogue four years ago in Pittsburgh and and, and was, was the worst anti-Semitic uh, uh, you know, incident in American history on American soil. And, and well, they should have covered that today. But they go, that's just another way of saying, we got white supremacists here. Well, I'm it, curious, what gun did they blame for that? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what he went in there with. Was, I it, a, was it a manual truck or was it an automatic? Uh, I don't know. You mean the, the gun he used? The, the truck. Oh, the truck. Oh, yeah, no. Why, <laughs> was that a fully automatic truck or was that a fully manual truck? Right, right. What, would that, <laughs> does that make, so, somehow or another, they'll turn this into being about firearms. Yeah, <laughs> it, well, I, well, I say, obviously, it was anti-Semitic, but I'm waiting for someone to say this is also a case of white supremacy. Because no. it seems like that those two words have been is popping up a lot more these days. White supremacy is as bad as anti-Semitism. I mean, yeah, no, it is. Anybody who takes a hardline stand is just you know that's suicide, as far as I'm concerned. But do you see white supremacy in our country? I haven't seen that in years. I mean, remember back in the days they had guy that one idiot bombed the the Atlanta Olympics and he went into the hills and you know he was some yeah is some redneck and he had other cases of you know guys dressed up as skinheads and the swastikas on their arm going out in the hills of Colorado that was a long time ago that was back in the 80s i just don't see it so i think it's just someone who who pays attention to donald trump and conservative values somehow or other they're they're white supremacists well, rob they're ostracizing us for yeah, our yeah, beliefs yeah you know under the same premise that they're they're saying that we ostracize them for their beliefs right honestly right. I don't care. You yeah. can believe what you want to believe. That's that's the beauty of this. You you can be you. I'll be me. Right. I'm not gonna. I don't look badly upon you on how you believe or what you do. Right. That's your business. True. Like, it's no different than if you're gay. If you want to be gay, you do it in your own home. I right. don't care. Right. I mean, but the moment you say you shouldn't put it on, uh, you shouldn't present it or in any form or fashion uh, with kids at eight years old or any age, and they say, "Well, you're wrong on that too." No. So, so that's that's where. It, and here's the other thing, and I mentioned this before. 
the level of hatred towards Donald Trump, the moment he came down that escalator, it, by the way, it was, it was eight years ago. It was June of 2015. It was right around now. He came down the escalator and the level of hatred. Now he said, there's some bad hombres coming over, blah, blah, blah. We got to do this. We got to do that. And all of a sudden, I, normal people, people, my friends, relatives said, oh, I can't stand him. I hate him. And it got worse and worse and worse. So we had four years of Donald Trump. And obviously, they didn't get any better in terms of liking him or not. They just hated him even more. Now we have two and a half years of, 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 of President Joe Biden. We've known him since the 80s. He ran back then. And you, you would think that someone like you and me would have a level of hatred towards him based on the inflation, based on the policies, based on the border. But there's no level of hate about Joe Biden like we still see against Donald Trump. Something's wrong there. We got what we expected with Biden. We knew we, we were did. getting nothing great. And that's what we got. Nothing but, great. But as president, we should be even more angry about him and his crackhead son and his brother Jim. But it still doesn't rate, come come to the level of, of contentious hatred uh, against against Donald Trump. That's, what, that's my point, at least. Well, our, our media has been pretty much ostracizing Trump from day uh, one. From day one. And I mean, if you look Eight at him when he was younger, he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. As soon as he became president, right. everybody used to love him, now hates him. Well, all well, these people are turncoats. When he ran as a Republican, because he used to be one of them. He was he was just like Reagan used to be a Democrat. And they hated him when he became a Republican governor of California. And he started talking conservative values. Um, I, you know, again, I, I, I hope, here's the thing, if you missed it, we'll say it again. There is a psychic out there who says that uh, Mr. Uh, Donald Trump will be the 47th president, unprecedented, pardon the pun, and that, that's Grover Cleveland, by the way, back in the 19th century, who had two terms, but they weren't consecutive. Donald Trump would do that again based on this data. Unfortunately, he doesn't see the end of his second term, and he passes away because of too, ha too many McDonald's hamburgers. Yeah, I can only hope that was true. Unfortunately, I don't believe he has a snowball's chance in hell of actually winning. I think you're right, Rob. <laughs> I really do. And um, this, this, well, I mean, I would like to sit down with the psychic and, and talk about other things. I, I find it fascinating. Maybe there are people that can look into a portal and see the future. Do you think so? I have no idea. That's so far above my pay grade, I couldn't <laughs> tell you. You got so many things going on. I do hope that you, things work out. I'm glad you reached out to uh, uh, State Senator Mark Walzick in his office. Hopefully he, and for that matter, Scott Gray, can come to terms on this and figure out. Because you're busy enough. Because you got businesses to do. You got NY homes. You have value homes and so many other things to take care of. You don't want to stumble upon this. And you don't want to lawyer up at all. But Robert Lamarill, thank you very much. Yes, sir. Appreciate thank you very it. much for being on the Live at Five show today. And uh, everyone out there, have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. And remember, the debate's on Tuesday, M1240 WET10. What time makes us legal? Up next, CBS. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Linda Kenyon in Washington.